I'm Anthony Pastore. Welcome to UBS On Air. Nicole Sebastian is a senior strategist within the Family Office Solutions Group, or FOSG, representing the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team. The mission of this group is to serve as a thought partner to exceptional families. We understand that your family's needs extend beyond the purely financial, so we take a strategic and sustainable approach to managing your wealth for continuity. This team works with UBS financial advisors and their clients to clarify and articulate your shared values and goals, to bridge the gap between generations to perpetuate your family's legacy, and to develop a well-thought-out plan to support your family's goals and philanthropic aspirations. So on Nicole, she's been with UBS since 2014 and first joined to establish and launch with UBS Optimist Foundation presence in the United States. Together with our financial advisors, Nicole is helping UBS's most philanthropic clients from the Americas, from Alaska to Argentina. Speaking several languages and having an international background certainly helps Nicole in her daily conversations with our clients. She has over two decades of experience in the nonprofit, philanthropic, and corporate sectors and brings a wealth of knowledge in nonprofit management, corporate and nonprofit governance, fundraising, performance assessment, leadership advisory services, and policy research. She also serves as an adjunct professor at NYU Stern School of Business, now for seven years teaching a course on nonprofit governance. She's a part of the UBS Global Philanthropy Services team, which consists of over 50 team members who are based across the world and work directly with UBS's most valued clients, helping them in short to achieve their philanthropic aspiration. So, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful to be on the podcast with you today. It's great to be with you too, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today as we are going to talk about a really special and very unique offering here at UBS, which is the UBS Optimist Foundation. Nicole, why don't we start probably at the beginning is the best place, right? Tell me about the UBS Optimist Foundation and how it got started. Thank you so much, Anthony. It's one of my favorite topics to discuss as well. Uh, the UBS Optimist Foundation was started 20 years ago in Switzerland to help UBS clients with their philanthropy. And indeed today, UBS is still the only wealth management firm that has a client interfacing foundation. Not, this is not to be confused with corporate philanthropy, which is when a firm gives away its own money. This is actually client philanthropy. So we'll talk in a little bit about how it works and how we partner with clients on philanthropic efforts, but I want to highlight from the outset that the UBS Optimist Foundation is a true differentiator for us as a firm and for our clients. The mission of the foundation historically has been to help the most vulnerable children around the world and remove the barriers that prevent them from reaching their fullest potential. This has always included three primary pillars or areas of focus children's health, education, and their protection. We also created an emergency fund several years in to help mobilize support in response to natural disasters and humanitarian crisis. Our recent COVID-19 response fund is an example of that. Most recently, the UBS Optimist Foundation is now building out a fourth area of focus, environment and climate change. And the rationale behind that is that it is the same vulnerable populations that are at the forefront of experiencing the negative impacts of climate change. The UBS Optimist Foundation takes a holistic approach to addressing needs and support programs that have the potential to create large-scale systemic impact. 
I'll provide examples of what we support and our methodology a little bit later. Great. So why don't you tell us, Nicole, then how the UBS Optimist Foundation has evolved over time? Sure. So as I mentioned, the foundation was first established in Switzerland in 1999. The network then expanded to include Germany, Hong Kong, and the UK by 2013, and the U.S. became the fifth addition to the network in 2014. The expansion continues, and the UBS Optimist Foundation now has a rep office in China, added Singapore to the network in 2019, and is seeking to add India in 2020. Every locale is set up differently depending on the local legal requirements, but all are part of the overall organization, which is a registered independent charity in Switzerland. So think of the UBS Optimist Foundation as a grant-making organization headquartered in Switzerland, and the Umbrella Network is available to accept donations from locally booked UBS clients and locally based employees. We've set it up this way so that donors in each network region can make charitable donations to the UBS Optimist Foundation and benefit from local and relevant tax deductibility. Terrific. So, Nicole, before we do a deeper dive into the kinds of programs and organizations that are on the platform, maybe you could tell us what else is important to know about how the UBS Optimist Foundation is structured and how it works. One of the most important details to highlight is that UBS covers all of the costs for the administration, planning, review, and continued development of programs. And this is really important to emphasize because it means that 100% of donations go straight through to supporting the programs. It's also important to know that our expert program team is actively engaged with our grantees. Not only do they visit the organizations in the field, but they're actively involved in formulating the grants and clearly articulating the goals and expectations around impact for the work we are supporting. Another unique element of our offering is that we have the ability to access the core finance competencies and partner with UBS finance experts inside the bank, which helps us to achieve greater impact in solving the pressing social issues of our time. Right. So maybe you can tell us a bit more about what the program team looks for when assessing organizations and considering them for support. This is a great question, Anthony, because it really gets to the crux of what we do and why. We often see philanthropic funding going toward the treatment of symptoms as opposed to really understanding the root cause of the issue being addressed, which will lead to more and more funding just going to the symptom as opposed to trying to address or eradicate the problem. So a very generic example is if someone wants to fund more beds for a homeless shelter as opposed to looking at the larger issue of homelessness, what causes people to become homeless, what wraparound services are available to people once they enter the shelters, And is there a particular subset of the homeless population you want to address? So, for example, those with substance abuse or mental health issues, working single mothers who just can't make ends meet, runaway LGBTQ youth, etc. And yes, funding the immediate needs are important, but not in a vacuum. It's also important to go further upstream and try to understand and solve for the issues that caused the homelessness in the first place and work to prevent or decrease it. It's not easy to do, and a lot of the socially intractable issues we face are multifaceted and very complex, and this is why an expert program team adds great value. So our program team, talking about them for just a moment, they take a look at six overarching factors when assessing programs. The first is, is it scalable? 
We back solutions that show the potential to go big. These are proven programs that are now at that inflection point, ready to scale or replicate with the ability to provide services to exponentially more people. And in order for programs to truly scale, significant funding is needed from governments and from and philanthropic investments can help prepare them in that interim phase for larger investments. The second is, is it collaborative? Partnering is vital for effective philanthropy, both in terms of funding and implementation. Philanthropists pooling resources towards a common goal and bringing the best of the private and public sector together is what will help to drive change. The third principle is smart risk-taking. By working with standout organizations that have proven efforts on the front line, we support breakthrough solutions for the communities affected. Fourth, we support evidence-based outcomes. Through robust impact evaluations and research, often together with leading academic institutions, funding can get to where it needs to go for the best outcomes. The fifth principle is an investment-based approach. We hold out for the 5% of programs that have the right business model, evidence, partnerships, and leadership to be successful, uh, maximizing impactful results. And then the sixth and final principle is, is it sustainable? Solutions we support must help strengthen local entities and infrastructure while making sustainable changes to policy and practice. And these considerations are really critical for a clearly defined exit strategy. Great. Thanks for walking us through that, Nicole. So the UBS Optimist Foundation clearly has a very sophisticated methodology for how it assesses organizations and their programs. So let's now turn to the client side. Maybe you could share the reasons why clients would be interested in this offering. Sure. Clients are increasingly looking for advice on their philanthropic giving, and the UBS Optimist Foundation provides a solution for them without the burden of doing their own research, due diligence, and monitoring. It's really difficult to find good programs, not to mention legitimate ones if you're looking to fund internationally, and this can be challenging even for the most sophisticated philanthropists. In addition to finding good, legitimate programs, how can you assure where the funds are going, what kind of impact the programs are having, and how they actually measure success? And success in Ghana will look different than success in India, in Peru, or in Baltimore, even if for a similar program or offering. We take an evidence-based approach and focus only on programs that have the potential to be transformative, scalable, and sustainable. And this approach gives donors the reassurance that they are investing in innovative ideas that have a stronger chance of achieving systemic change. We can tell donors exactly where the funding is going and the impact it is having, since the foundation demands detailed reports and independent monitoring from grantees. And finally, for clients who are interested in visiting programs in the field, we offer philanthropy insight trips. What what are philanthropy insight trips? Maybe you could tell us more about that. As I mentioned earlier, our program team goes to the field several times throughout the year to visit the programs we support. And now we also organize four to five client trips each year where we take clients to the field to visit programs supported by Optimus. And we call this offering our philanthropy insight trips. In addition to visiting organizations, we do make time to visit the local communities and provide the opportunity for clients to better understand the country context. We organize visits with academics, with anthropologists, with finance and education ministers, former heads of state, um, among others. And these trips are typically three to four days long, and we keep the group intimate, 10 to 15 people total. 
This includes clients from all over the world. So it's also a unique opportunity for clients to meet others who are interested in the same issues and geography. And a secondary benefit, we've seen clients form friendships over this experience and over shared interests. And these are people who would otherwise never have crossed paths. These trips can also serve as a foundational experience to show younger family members how wealth and philanthropy can change the world for better. Wow, that's incredible. It's so unique. Uh, Where have you taken some of these clients on, on these philanthropy insight trips? We've taken clients to Nepal, Liberia, South Africa, Uganda, and India, uh, among others. And we're also planning future trips to Bangladesh, Brazil, Ethiopia, and Southeast Asia, to name a few more. It's another unique feature for UBS to offer these kinds of experiences for clients to really get direct exposure to the issues that we are working on tackling together. And we've received very positive feedback from clients who have joined us on these trips and They've used words like transformative, educational, life-changing, unique first-hand experience, and my favorite, my own philanthropy strategy was empowered uh, to describe their experience. Wow, that's, that's amazing, Nicole. So, so now that we've covered what kinds of organizations the UBS Optimist Foundation supports, how the program team conducts due diligence and why this would be attractive to clients. Now let's talk about how clients can direct their philanthropic donations. Great question. There are three main ways in which donations can be directed. The first is our strategic philanthropy offering. Think of this as our charitable fund-to-funds portfolio that includes the five verticals we discussed, children's health, children's education, child protection, emergency response, and environment and climate change. And across these portfolios, at any point in time, we are supporting over 200 distinct programs across over 20 countries. And donations can be unrestricted, where the donor leaves it to our philanthropy team to determine how best to allocate the donation. Remember, even unrestricted donations will go fully to support the programs, and it provides us with the flexibility to identify where the need is greatest and where it will have the greatest impact. Clients can also direct their donation uh, to one of these portfolios if they're interested specifically in one more than another. So for example, they can direct their donation to the health portfolio versus the education portfolio, child protection portfolio, et cetera. Or donations can be directed towards any of the high impact programs on this platform that are open for funding. Although to specifically allocate to a program, the standard minimum is $100,000 unless we have a special campaign running otherwise, such as an emergency fund uh, where there are no minimums. The second potential focus area for a donation is our social finance offering. In addition to our strategic philanthropy platform, we have another team at the foundation focused on using innovative financing vehicles for charitable purposes. This team works across all of the portfolio areas and structures pay for per, what I'm going to call pay-for-performance models, which include development impact bonds, loans for impact, PRIs or program-related investments, among other models. And these are much larger investments, typically in the tens of millions, that emphasize performance-based outcome models, whereby social investors receive part or all of their contributions back if the organizations deliver on the impact that was agreed on and it's measurable and quantifiable. These social finance structures involve lots of players, investors, outcome payers, the direct service providers, external evaluators, and more. 
They're very complex, and individual philanthropists would not be able to structure them on their own. And this is an innovative and fairly new area within the philanthropic arena that holds organizations accountable for delivering results and pay them additional incentives should they exceed the agreed-upon goals as well. And the third way in which clients can engage with the UBS Optimus Foundation is through what I'll call a tailored or bespoke offering, whereby we work with individual clients to build their own programs that we help to implement, oversee, and measure. This requires a larger charitable investment on the part of the client over a multi-year commitment. And in this way, you can think of the UBS Optimus Foundation as your foundation or as an extension of your existing foundation in helping to execute your philanthropic vision. And again, since UBS covers the costs associated with the foundation, 100% of the funding for the program that comes from the client will go through to that effort. The foundation brings expertise in sourcing potential grantees, in program construction, performance assessment, and reporting into the agreement at no charge. Right. So there, there are lots of options in terms of how to direct donations. Maybe, Nicole, you can provide some examples to give our listeners a sense of actual programs that are on the UBS Optimist Foundation platform that clients have or are supporting. Sure. Let's start with our education portfolio. We support an organization in Rajasthan, India, that focuses on girls' literacy. In this part of India, over 50% of girls drop out of school by the fifth grade, and this organization called Educate Girls works to change that. They have volunteers go door-to-door finding those girls who are out of school and work with the parents and the community leaders to help them understand the importance of an education. It's not easy, as many of the adults don't have a formal education themselves, and these girls are expected to mind their younger siblings, clean the home, and herd or watch the animals. The head of Educate Girls once said, quote, a goat is considered an asset, whereas a girl is considered a liability, end quote. And this statement demonstrates the challenge in shifting mindsets, behaviors, and expectations, but also how critically important it is to do so. So we measure getting girls back into school, keeping them in school over a three-year period, measuring their improved literacy and numeracy, among other metrics. And the longer-term impact that we know is that the longer you're able to keep a girl in school, the less children she will have, the older she will be when she starts to have children, the healthier those children will be, and once you break the cycle of illiteracy with her, her children will not be illiterate. We also know that keeping a girl in school reduces by over 90% the possibility that she will be trafficked or that she will become a child bride, which can be as young as eight years old in parts of India. Within our health portfolio, we support frontline healthcare programs that increase access to health services in the most remote and hard to reach communities. Last Mile Health is an organization in Liberia that we support. And Liberia is a country that has one doctor for every 15,000 people. And it requires often days of walking from the most remote communities in the bush to get to a medical clinic. And this says nothing of the quality of that first medical clinic encountered. So community health workers are people who hail from their own communities, um, get trained or paid a salary for this work, so the program addresses health needs and also creates an economic benefit. These workers are trained to detect and address critical but easy diagnoses, things like fever, diarrhea, dehydration, and malaria, 
and local diagnosis and treatment is often a life-saving proposition in these communities. So moving on, the child protection portfolio has two areas of focus, anti-trafficking and what we call families, not orphans. So our anti-trafficking efforts include an emphasis both on child labor and child sex trafficking. And our work in this area spans the globe from Asia to India, all the way to and including the U.S. While many organizations in this space focus on the rescue and rehabilitation of victims, our emphasis is on resiliency building and prevention. It's so much it's so much better to prevent a child from being trafficked in the first place. And we look at and address all of the myriad factors that make them vulnerable, which vary greatly across different parts of the world. And this goes back to what I said earlier about eradicating the issue as opposed to treating the symptoms. We support an organization called Freedom Fund that works in local hotspots in countries around the world. And we also helped to form the San Diego Trafficking Prevention Collective to address this problem close to home. Our Families Not Orphans work focuses on deinstitutionalizing orphanages and keeping families together when possible. Studies have shown that over 80% of children in orphanages around the world are actually not orphans, over 80%. But their families, who are often living in abject poverty, fall prey to offers of private schools, of food and clothing for their children. And many children are sent off to what their parents believe is a better life that they themselves cannot provide. So our efforts here support organizations that work to keep families together when possible, or when that's not an option or not a safe option, finding other pathways to fostering with loving families, which often includes the extended members of the child's actual family. Our emergency response portfolio has been activated a handful of times over the years uh, as part of the Ebola response, after the earthquakes in Nepal, the Syrian refugee crisis, and now currently as part of the COVID response, both in the U.S. and around the world. And I also mentioned our most recent portfolio, Environment and Climate Change. The strategy for this is still being developed, but what I will say is that the philosophy of this is to link it to the vulnerable populations we already serve through our existing work. These are the same people who are directly impacted by floods, droughts, hurricanes, earthquakes, and other crises called, uh, caused by climate change. Wow, Nicole, that, I mean, that is so impressive and truly remarkable. The UBS Optimist Foundation is really an expert organization so how have these efforts translated into the amount of money that the foundation has granted out? And how many children has the foundation directly impacted or benefited? Thank you so much, Anthony. It really is a privilege to be a part of this group within UBS. Um, remember that a lot of our work is possible both through having the administrative costs of the foundation covered by UBS and the charitable donations made by UBS clients. Since inception and through the generous support of our clients, the UBS Optimist Foundation has granted more than half a billion dollars. In 2019 alone, the foundation raised more than $85 million. Across our portfolios and programs in that same year, we were able to support impactful change for 3.3 million vulnerable children in close to 20 countries around the world. Wow. Uh, Nicole, amazing stuff, really. We, we've covered so much today. Uh, are there any final thoughts to leave our listeners with that you haven't covered? Sure. Just to go back to a high-level summary, UBS is the only wealth management firm with a client-facing foundation. Uh, we are 
data-driven expert organization and clients value our rigorous due diligence, program evaluation, and focus on impact. Our mission is to help the most vulnerable populations around the world in the areas of children's health, education, child protection, as well as environment and climate change. And UBS covers 100% of the cost, which means that 100% of all donations go to the programs we support. In addition, we often add UBS match funding to many of the programs on our platform, meaning there's co-funding alongside our clients for these programs. And much like UBS as an organization, the UBS Optimist Foundation is active globally, but truly understands the local landscapes in which we operate and support our grantee partners who live in the communities that they are lifting up. Finally, Nicole, where can our listeners learn more? This has been such an incredible conversation. I'm sure other folks listening in want to learn more about the Optimist Foundation and maybe even have additional questions. How can they discover more about the programs and what they support and how do they go about making a donation? To learn more about the UBS Optimist Foundation, our programs, and how you can support our mission, please visit us at www.ubs.com forward slash optimus. And I'll spell it. It's O-P-T-I-M-U-S. We also encourage clients to speak with their financial advisor here at UBS. And together, we can help ensure that your funding is strategic, impactful, and helping the most vulnerable around the world and close to home. Nicole, thank you so much. What, what a terrific program the UBS Optimist Foundation is. I'm, I'm so excited that we've had the opportunity to have you join the conversation and tell us all about it. Thank you again, Nicole Sebastian, Senior Strategist within the Family Office Solutions Group, representing the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team. Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you, Anthony, for the opportunity. Of course. And from New York, I'm Anthony Pastore. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll speak with you soon. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, SIPC. 